when you open the door for somebody else. Welcome everyone back to the Vaccine Conversation Podcast. I'm not going to say welcome in. That's Dr. Bob's thing. Yeah, that's my title. I'm going to say welcome back. The Vaccine Conversation with Melissa and Dr. Bob. We just finished some intense conversation relating to diseases um, and infancy. And yeah, and so we're, we're both kind of exhausted after that. <laughs> me from listening and him from talking. And I encourage you to go check that out because a lot of valuable information on that. Well, thank you. Um, but I wanted to talk about something a little less technical. Um, and I've been curious about this topic. And I like your idea of just not ever saying what the topic is and just keep going around it for the whole episode. I think that's pretty funny. Um, but I, I've always wondered why the second you question vaccine safety or the aggressive vaccine schedule that we have today um, with 69 doses by the time you're 18 years old, I, I always wonder why the second you question something, you're instantly labeled as something negative. You're labeled as some as crazy, illogical, uneducated, um, anti-science, an, anti <laughs> a science denier. Um, there's so many things I see because these conversations do come up a lot on social media. You know, parents are trying to communicate about this um, topic, but unfortunately, because it has been made so polarizing, I think, due to the media and due to those who are pushing mandatory legislation. Um, because it's so polarizing, the conversation doesn't really ever happen. What ends up happening is some side is talking to another side, just trying to defend their side. And in, in the process, you see a lot of hateful comments, a lot of derogatory comments, a lot of personal attacks. It becomes a lot less about well, hmm, if you feel the need to question something, what might you know that I don't know about that would make you want to question because maybe that information would be valuable to me? And, you know, there are so many educated parents that I personally know who are connected to a lot of um, health practitioners. Either they are health practitioners or they are closely related to health practitioners. These are people that do have science in their background. They do have an understanding of, of immunology, even if it's, you know, that's not their, their, um, their particular career path, but they have a, a very broad understanding of how the body works and have been working on keeping their body healthy and having a strong immune system their entire lives. That, that's what their passion is. And these are people who have college degrees, you know, educated people. Um, and what I'll go into later is what they found through actual data and research is that those who tend to question vaccines happen to be higher educated um, individuals. And I find that to be really interesting because that's not that's not what you think if you are watching this from the outside. If you watch this debate, the way the media portrays people who question vaccine safety or question the schedule, like I said, um, or the need for so many vaccines, as soon as you open your mouth with a, just even a question, you just want to know, or you just want to make vaccines greener, which was a big campaign there, um, you know, a decade ago, I'd say, um, right away you get labeled as anti-vaccine. And more than that, you get seen as crazy. You're often seen as a conspiracy theorist. I think personally, you know, from what I've seen, that's just not the truth of who 
I see questioning vaccines. And now looking up, there are about 20 studies that I've seen that talk about why certain parents opt out of vaccines. The funny part to me is that in those studies, uh, it's usually done in order to find out how to better market to those people and market to those particular <clears throat> concerns to get them to say yes. The, right. big, the, the right. biggest irony to me is how small of a percentage that we're talking about. They're doing these research studies to find out why 1% of people are opting out. Like there was a study in the UK. It was 1%. And they're, they're studying this, trying to see how can we get that 1% to change their mind. I mean, that, that to me sounds more illogical than the person who's questioning. Right. What have you seen as yeah. it relates to this? Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this because I... I see so many studies published, like you're saying, um, uh, doctors trying to figure out how to convince vaccine hesitant parents. Right, that's the new to go term. Ahead and vaccinate. Yeah, yeah and, vaccine hesitancy. And, and uh, it, it kind of um, it, it concerns me, I guess, um, in that every single one of these discussions and research articles. Their entire goal is to understand how these parents think, get into the mind, yeah, and yes. how to understand how to convince them yes. to vaccinate. They, I never ever see these research articles say, for example, one reason why parents are, are hesitant to uh, to get vaccinated is because they they read all the possible side effects, um, or they've they, experienced them in right, their family. Or they, or, yeah, or, yeah, and mm-hmm. and so then the article never says, "Hey, let's let's look at these side effects and let's understand these side right. effects. Let's research, you know." how these side effects happen. Let's Maybe there's legitimate concern there. Right, let's yeah. acknowledge why these side effects right. happen. Never, ever. Well, no, get to the root no. of the problem is that there are the side effects, not that there are people who think there are side effects. I know, I know. So so they, so they their, their whole goal is, uh, I, I don't think I've, I've seen any real mainstream pediatric organization or infectious disease organization publish something uh, in, in many years that, that acknowledges that and mm-hmm. says, let, let's figure out how to make uh, vaccines have fewer side effects. Right. Well, no, wouldn't that be, this, that be the solution, right? Right. That right. Seems it, it like said very... it's let's figure out how parents are figuring out that vaccines have side and effects. And how we can convince or, them they are safe and right, effective. Yeah. How to convince yeah. them that these side effects are rare enough and, and maybe an acceptable enough level. They don't even say that. They just say, no. how do we convince them to vaccinate? You, and that's, like, right. that's what it comes down to. Yeah. And I came across a couple of studies that I, that I brought here. Um, one of them is called Children Who Have Received No Vaccines. Who are they and where do they live? Which is <laughs> kind of a funny title <laughs> oh and a little creepy, actually. So that was in 2004. In the results. Hey, should, should we pause while people like look up the studies? They can read uh, no, there are too many. They're not going to be able to. Oh, well, look they can them pause up. But yeah, themselves, I guess. They can, yeah, they can okay. check that out. This is okay. interesting. Now, it's supposed to be funny. But oh, sorry. sorry. I missed the joke line. We, we, need, a, we need a laugh track. Is what we, yeah. need. we need a laugh track. We don't have to pause. They can pause. Okay, go ahead. Um, maybe Matt can add that in post. Let's <laughs> add a little laugh track in there. Um, or maybe when something serious, we can get a, oh, or something like that. That would be fun, actually. Uh, anyway, there, what's important to the note results. is that there's a difference, too, between under-vaccinated and unvaccinated. So anybody who is not fully vaccinated often gets put into a category of unvaccinated. Um, that's true because there are a lot of partially vaccinated people. You might you know, believe in every single vaccine and choose to opt out of the flu shot or HPV or whatever for your child. There are a lot of selectively vaccinating families. But often in data, if you're not fully up to date um, with all vaccines, then you'll get put into a category of unvaccinated. But here, there, and the rest of these also were measuring under-vaccinated versus unvaccinated. And not surprisingly, 
under-vaccinated children, <clears throat> like this says here, tended to be black, have a younger mother who was not married and did not have a college degree, live in a household near poverty level, and live in a central city. Under-vaccinated meaning you're not able to get to your meaning, appointments. Right, meaning you're trying to vaccinate, right. but you're not achieving It's not a conscious right. choice to uh, opt out of certain ones because of research you've done. It's just a matter of logistics not getting there. And then it said unvaccinated children tended to be white, to have a mother who was married and had a college degree, to live in a household with an annual income exceeding $75,000, and to have parents who express concerns regarding the safety of vaccines and indicated that medical doctors have little influence over vaccination decisions for their children, meaning they've done research themselves. They're not going to be convinced or coerced into making that, taking action and making that choice. Um, I find that to be, I wouldn't say surprising at all, but interesting that it's even somewhere was done in a study, like higher education levels, higher medium income, median income levels. Um, these are people who are able to research, have access to research, and are taking the time to find out if vaccine safety is what they're being told and find out all the details of it. Um, it seems really odd to me that that would be a group of people that would be attacked as being crazy, illogical, and uneducated. Right. We're talking about right. people who are overly educated and who are in career paths that are making good money in you know, uh, strong professions. These are people who have the ability to reason well and are taking the time on a decision like this. Um, another study called Deciding to Opt Out of Childhood Vaccination Mandates. Oh, did you want to say something about the last no, one? No. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, they, now they, they only interviewed 25 people in this, which I always think is extremely small to call it a, a study. But this was in 2008. And they said the two predominant themes emerged in their data, a desire to collect information on vaccines and trust issues with the medical community. Evidence of sophisticated data collection and information processing was a repeated theme in interview data. Now, we're talking about parents who are opting out. Those are who they interview. These are deciding to opt out of childhood vaccination mandates. That's the title. It says what they have evidence of is that these parents had sophisticated data collection and information processing. They were able to sophisticatedly find information and they were able to process it well. And um, that was a theme. They made it sound like a theme as if it's a bad thing that they um, had this you know, data collection. And then they also said these participants placed a high value on scientific knowledge. So they're finding good information, they're processing it well, and they're acknowledging, you know, right. the science here. But the science here just happens to not go along with what the mainstream says the science is. Right. And so right. now you become part of a study on how we can convince you to change your mind because you're crazy, illogical, uneducated. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah we, we've talked about the disconnect between what science is saying in the scientific research community yes. about the possibilities of vaccine reactions and what the the mainstream medical community of practicing physicians is willing to admit. I agree. And, and this, this study kind of says it right here. The, 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 the participants, people who are deciding to opt out of vaccines, they have a high, they place a high value in scientific knowledge. They right. understand the science. They look at the science. They trust the science that they're, they're researching it. But they have and high levels. And they're finding science. Yeah, they're finding science. They're finding actual right. science, which right. is what is causing the question or the concern right. to begin with. Right, but then there's the high level of distrust in the medical community because the practicing medical physicians right. are, are, are thinking more not along the lines of, of all the science, but they're looking on, along the lines of the agenda, the accepted mm -hmm. agenda of the medical community. and The what science that, that says one thing over here. Right. Right. Um, 
And it's it's funny. It's it's ironic that these educated parents in these in the study they might actually be reading more research oh, than their doctor I, has I read that. because unless their doctor d- develops a, a unique individual passion to do all this research, that doctor's not going to have read as many of these right. studies as some of the parents have. And, and one thing I see a lot is, you know, you, like you're saying, people say um, anti-science if you question vaccines. I think people really need to understand there is science on both sides. There is science on both sides of this debate. You are not anti-science if you're questioning vaccine safety. You're questioning vaccine safety because you have seen science that shows you that vaccines are not completely safe. And so this is why you have people... Questioning, and people are educated enough to do this kind of research. You know, this is not a Google degree, in quotes. Right. This is not just something you find on the internet. We're talking about people that have higher levels of education, bringing scientific data and scientific knowledge, and um, and have processing. I mean, they said information processing, meaning they know how to take this information, process it well, make sense of it. Uh, they're not just bringing it in and reading yeah, it. Yeah, it's interesting. They, they they have evidence of sophisticated data collection. I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> that's, that's, that's pretty yeah, much the ideal situation. Yeah. And then, and then, then the conclusion. I know, this is where, well, that's what you were saying earlier. It gets to this point where it's yeah. saying, um, understanding the differences in lay versus expert knowledge has implications for crafting health messages. So this is the challenge for public health is to balance uh, the scientific data with the popular... Um, Epidemiology. Epidemiology. Epidemiology, sorry. No, I wasn't that right. And to maintain legitimacy. Um, and yeah, it j- says, just digest that, that phrase. I just, yeah. I mean, let me just read it again, I guess, because I, I find that fascinating. The challenge is not to make vaccines safer right. for everybody. The challenge not is— Not to address the actual concerns. Right. The challenge is for, uh, for public health is to balance the scientific data— with uh, like about vaccine risk Mm -hmm. against popular epidemiology, which would mean against disease risk Mm -hmm. um, and to maintain the legitimacy of the vaccination program. Right. Like keep it going. What what can we do to keep it going? Right. Right. And then, but the fact that says crafting health messages, that means we're talking about manipulating messages to get you to comply. And then it says how experts frame knowledge for consumption has an important impact on this group of people who question and their decision-making processes. Like you're saying, they're not trying to go after, hey, educated people, what are your concerns since you've done this research? Let's go and find what the problems are and how we can address those problems. Instead, they're saying, how can we get in the mind of these people and find ways to craft a message that makes them feel more comfortable with just going along with it? I mean, they really just want you to go along with it. They don't want you to question. They don't want too many questions. They don't want um, people asking. You know, I mean, it's, I've always found that to be a scary situation when you're not allowed to ask questions. If mm-hmm. you're not allowed to ask questions, what are people hiding? Because you should have no problem being completely transparent with your information if you believe in what you, what you have and if you believe in the accuracy of it. If you are you know, skewing information, then I can see why somebody might feel uncomfortable asking questions because that puts you in an awkward position to have to answer and, and to keep the narrative. Um, go ahead. Yeah, and I, um, to me, uh, what I fear, what I'm very concerned about is um, – when doctors analyze all this and they see that they're they're trying to maintain the legitimacy of the vaccine program, and if they're worried that all these intelligent, well-educated parents are finding too much scientific data that 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 uh, that puts the the balance kind of on their side, where they're they're now more worried about mm-hmm. vaccine risk than they are about disease risk. What 
what is the what is their the only option? Like like what can can the the medical community do about this? Um, if they're not working to make vaccines safer, uh, because a lot of them aren't even acknowledging that risk, the 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 logical action step is let's make vaccines mandatory. If we can't get everyone to volunteer, we'll get, we'll get people for to them, stop questioning, and, we, yeah. and we're trying to craft messages to get mm-hmm. that to happen, but it's not working because we now know we know uh, the number of fully unvaccinating family or non-vaccinating families is, is about one and 1.2% mm-hmm. according to the last data. Um, it might be more than that, but what, what is their option? Their option is then to shift from the, from trying to convince the public to vaccinate to just simply making vaccines mandatory. Well, yeah. And, 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 and think that's about all what the I money think, that they're putting into right, these ad right. campaigns to basically get you and and to lobbying to right. get this legislation passed. Right, but but I think I think that should concern even the pro vaccine parents, parents who are pro vaccine and they vaccinate their kids. You you everyone needs the option to opt out if they have a really severe reaction, if they have a lot of bad reactions mm-hmm. in their family, uh, uh, or they just themselves have decided to opt out because they've looked at the scientific risk versus benefit and they decide to opt out. Um, uh, those people should be concerned that the government is trying to make them more and more mandatory so it no longer becomes that decision of, of science versus uh, policy. But it's like they're trying to cut the discussion. Right. But right. I mean, which is also a really scary thing because medicine is something that changes over time. It's mm-hmm. constantly changing. And that means you need to have a good relationship with your healthcare practitioner right. and you need to have this discussion to be available. Again, there should be nothing to hide. So there right. should be a very open discussion. As soon as you keep getting stricter and stricter, mandating and mandating, it's taking the discussion off the table because it's mandatory. But I still, for the life of me, cannot understand why they're taking such aggressive measures when we're talking about 1.2% of the population, which means uh, 98.8% of the population. Sorry, it's mom brain today. Uh, 98.8% is... Going along with the program just fine, right? Not the full program. Not but, the full but program, but they're vaccinating. The I mean, right. but right. they're they're talking about all these unvaccinated people. And like that's why I said earlier, a lot of times they lop all those into one group. But the actual right. number of unvaccinated kids, 1.2%, right. uh, which is very, very, very low. Right. Um, I don't think, I think people think it's much higher than it is. Um, right, but, but I just but, wish they would take that money they're spending on advertising and put that into vaccine right. safety and maybe they would. Uh, and, I, and I guess I just want to take this opportunity to Again, that again, uh, like I said uh, in, in other episodes, is um, the reason you and I are talking about this is is partly because of uh, the the mandates, the trend towards creating vaccine mandates, and we're just trying to tell you the other side of the story that you're often not hearing. We're not trying to be anti-vaccine. We're not trying to convince anybody to, to not vaccine. Are you going to say that all. in every episode now? No, I'm not. I'm not. But 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 I, I feel like you know we're we're talking about these. Who got to you, Doctor Bob? Tell yeah, me. I know. <laughs> But, but talking, been following you lately? Like, what's going on here? But we're talking about, you know, parent, intelligent, educated parents who are deciding not to vaccinate. We're, we're talking about those Or parents. choosing to opt out of some. Let's, yeah, or yeah, opt out yeah. of some. But, but I think we're just, I just want to, again, reiterate that the reason we're talking about them is, is that the, the media messaging you're hearing is that those parents are crazy and, and uh, 
unintelligent, anti-science. You're getting thrown media sound bites, Which, trying to convince that you that right. those parents are wrong. We're just trying to tell you who these parents are. But subconsciously, I think for a lot of people, they've come to believe certain things about people who are not fully vaccinating. And that is because of this PR campaign right. to do right. exactly that. Right. And you're right. The, the truth is that it's not what the media is painting. It's not what mandate legislators are painting. The truth is we're talking about educated people who process information, believe in scientific fact, and um, are collecting data and have questions over vaccine safety. There's nothing right. illogical or yeah. an educated about that. Yeah. And then a third study um, is called, this is in the UK, called Differences in Risk Factors for Partial and for No Immunization in the First Year of Life Perspective Cohort Study. Um, they found that unimmunized infants were more likely to have older and more highly qualified mothers. <laughs> and it's funny because huh. you say that like it's a bad thing, but I mean, like in the end, we're talking about qualified, educated people that take more time with their decision making. Um, and somehow that's painted as a bad thing. But, and then again, in the UK, we're talking about 1.1% were unimmunized. And, and the entire study is focusing on how can we convince those 1% to change their mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and all later, I want to mention something about ethics, because outside of just what we're seeing here in these research articles about those who are questioning vaccine safety, there's also the conversation online and social media. And and how that goes, and I and I have sort of some examples and a little um, a disclaimer. A rant is coming. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, here's your pre-rant information. Um, I, I can't give you a clock to, t- to the timing of it, but it, it's not going to be a, a real rant. But it's going to be maybe a, a little message in here. But did you want to talk about the fourth study? Yeah, yeah, sure. The um, the um, the next study is parents. Uh, this is a big word. Parents' attitudinal and social influences on childhood vaccination. This is a long time ago, 1992. Yeah, 1992, attitudinal. And again, if, if you Google, if you enter these vaccine, I mean, these, uh, these research article titles as we read them, you enter them into the Google Scholar, you'll probably, you'll probably be able to see them. Okay, so, um, so analysis revealed that the non-vaccinating group um, uh, reported significantly more concern over their child experiencing long-term health problems as a result of pertussis vaccination um, than the respondents in the in the fully group that, that did vaccinate uh, or the partially vaccinated group. They actually looked at fully vaccinating and partially vaccinated. And this is DTP and, still and at this time, right? Okay. This is before yeah, they yeah, changed in it. Fact, in fact, it looks like this is uh, targeted on the the old DTP vaccine that did used to cause a lot of serious reactions. Um, they reported a greater perceived risk of their child developing pertussis if if they were vaccinated than the subjects in the in the fully vaccinated group. Interesting. So, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, and then a lower risk of disease if not vaccinated. They weren't as than, worried about the actual disease if they were unvaccinated um, compared to right. the other ones were more worried about getting it if if not vaccinated. Right. Um, in addition, they perceive the pertussis vaccination is significantly less important than either other group. And at this time, I mean, we're going to cover in DTP the the documentary, like I mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the DTP vaccine was causing severe side effects in many people. Right. And so it makes sense that there was hesitancy about that particular vaccine. This is in 1992. They were trying to get numbers even higher. But 
my point in including this is it says, you know, p- concern over some health problems as a result. I mean, like that's a pretty normal thing to think of when you have a child and you've heard of some side effects. You're, you're, you might be refusing this vaccine because you're afraid of some long-term health consequences. I mean, that's a pretty logical conclusion to come to, or at least enough to question. And, right. um, and yet they're making studies about it to show like, what's wrong with these, you know, these, uh, these people that this is what they're doing. But I mean, that's, don't you think that that seems like what any educated person would do? If I heard about a series of side effects, I would come to my practitioner and say, I'm a little worried about, right. about and, and, this. And this is, in the, this is in the face of, of the old DTP vaccine that was causing these terrible reactions in, in, uh, in not a small number of kids. This study was posted like right after that. Mm-hmm. And as, right as they were taking that vaccine off the market. What I find fascinating is the the vaccine that was the subject of this 1992 study, they took that vaccine off the market. Right. And yet in the in this in this study, they don't seem to be acknowledging the the truth that these parents over this one vaccine, these parents actually had legitimate concerns. Right. They're just trying to figure out, you know, how can we again uh, spin the media messages or craft medical messages right. to get more compliance. And I found, mm-hmm. and moving on to another study, I found <laughs> this title is just neoliberal <laughs> mothering um, about vaccine refusal. And this is in 2014. But this is for many people that live holistic life, uh, lifestyle or have hol- uh, holistic parenting, believe in holistic parenting and natural practices. This is kind of funny because what they quoted is those who are questioning vaccines or, or opting out of some. These are mothers who see their own mothering practices, feeding, as in breastfeeding, nutrition and natural living as an alternate and superior means of supporting their, ch- their children's immunity. Again, that seems extremely logical. Uh, there are ways to use your lifestyle, nutrition, natural living, breastfeeding, you know, with your children to support your child's immune system. Um, right. Isn't and that kind of the goal? The goal is to have a healthy child. You want to have a healthy child right. with a strong immune system. You don't want to be a weak individual who is only protected by having particular vaccines because there are so many diseases we are not vaccinating for. Are you still are you looking for time? No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's like, can I talk about diseases yet? Oh, good. We got lots more time. Uh, uh, no, I could tell that's no, what you're excited about. <laughs> no, but I mean, <laughs> um, the, isn't the whole concept to develop healthy children? Having a vaccine does not equate to being a healthy child or a healthy adult. It may keep you from experiencing symptoms of acute illness in one particular area, but it is not translating into being healthy. I think people don't understand that your immune system has to be strong. And in order for your immune system to be strong, you have to focus on things like feeding and nutrition and natural living. These are elements that can help develop you as a, you, your, you and your, your spouse and your children. Your entire family's lifestyle can be built on promoting health and promoting immunity, supporting your body and the ability to defend itself against what could be dozens upon dozens of pathogens that might come in their way. And the vaccine is not going to... Uh, Having vaccine, we can't have vaccines for everything, though. Obviously, um, there are a lot of vaccines in production right now because I think people have gotten to the point where they just say, oh, well, if that's a risky disease, let's just develop a, a vaccine for it. Forgetting that more than that, we should find a way to make our bodies strong enough to be able to counteract <clears throat> that. Um, and go ahead. You said yeah, I just I, I do find this study fascinating um, in that um, uh 
mothers who who do really embrace that entire natural natural lifestyle. Um, they're in this study. They're saying those mothers consider that a superior way compared to vaccination of of, uh, of supporting their child's immunity. Um, and what I find interesting is that research has not disproven that that idea. Right. You know, we we actually we don't have research that shows vaccinated children are healthier. Right. We just have research that shows vaccinated children are vaccinated. And vaccinated children may be less likely to die of, of those particular diseases in, in many cases. Um, um, but we actually don't have data that show uh, vaccinated children uh, are actually end up healthier, living longer, healthier uh, lives with fewer medical problems. Um, we don't have that research. And we actually have research that shows the opposite. Right. There actually is research that shows these unvaccinated, totally you know, natural living kids where they embrace all these different aspects of natural lifestyle, they actually do grow up with, with fewer allergies, fewer autoimmune diseases, fewer neurodevelopmental disorders. And are also not dying of infectious disease. Right, right. That's, right, that's right. a crucial uh, aspect. Like, like I, I think you might say maybe almost never dying of mm-hmm. infectious disease. I mean, some people do die of these diseases. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even though, you know, the number of, of people that catch these diseases might be, you know, a lot of them are immunized and the vaccine doesn't work, but some of them are not immunized. And I would say there, we have to acknowledge that there are the occasional uh, fatality of these diseases in someone who wasn't vaccinated. Oh, yeah. I mean, right, right. Uh, so I think we can't discount but, that. But we don't, we don't know the health and, um, of that right. particular child. Right. So being unvaccinated is not the same thing as being somebody who is working on you know, a natural lifestyle with immune right, support right. and all that kind of stuff too. You can be unvaccinated and and have poor health um, conditions in your own right. particular family too, which makes you more susceptible to having a negative outcome. Right, but I but I think if if you're a kind of person that only likes science and you want to actually only look at this from a scientific viewpoint, I uh, one of my primary concerns has always been that um, no one has ever scientifically looked at. Get it if getting the entire vaccine schedule makes you a healthier person 50 years from now or 80 years from now. Uh, they, they just haven't looked at that. And, and in medicine, I'll tell you, in every single aspect of medical care, when we make a medical policy and, and, and all the doctors get together and say, we all agree this particular preventative step is going to make is going to work. It's going to prevent a disease. It's going to prevent a medical problem. Um, we know it works. And so that's one step. We know our treatment works. The second step is we have to prove long-term outcomes. We scientifically have Mm -hmm. to do a medical research that proves there's a long-term better outcome if you partake in our medical treatment. That is the gold standard of, of medical recommendations. They have not done that with vaccines. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, this was your turn to rant, and oh, I, no. I'm doing my own. Oh rant. no! You know the mine I mean, comes the, next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know that's the gold standard of medical research is you have to prove something you are recommending, especially something that's so um, incredibly uh, uh, complicated yeah. and you know, 69 doses. As a medical community, we gotta do the research that proves all of those four four million babies being over, born every year are healthier and better off 50 years from now have for having vaccinated. And I think it's these educated parents that, that see we don't have this research that proves that. So, so you know, they, they're making these educated decisions to opt out of vaccines. Or actually, they're more making the decision not to opt in. You know, I mm-hmm. think kind of the default is well, I think them someone- is opt out. So, so they know that. And, uh, 
And so, again, scientifically, you can love vaccines all you want. You can't scientifically say that we have the data to prove that you are a healthier individual 50 years from now for having vaccinated. Well, right. But also some might say, yes, but at least you'll be alive to tell the story of that you're not healthier. Right. So that, right. that's one thing that you hear is like, well, at least you won't yes, be dead. Exactly. Because people make the yeah. assumption that by not vaccinating, you're essentially signing yourself up for a death ticket. Like it's just an automatic thing right. that's going to come. And they forget to to um, understand the way diseases work, which diseases and, and how each disease works and how each vaccine does or doesn't work. And um, it's just really not black and white when it comes right. to this. And that risk-benefit ben- um, analysis is yeah. different for every single disease. It's just yes. not so simple that, yes, I believe in vaccines, so therefore I'm totally protected. I'm going to be alive to tell the story and whatever. Um, there are a lot of things to look at, like you said, including chronic illnesses that come as a result of some of the exposure to these ingredients. And... Um, and how aggressive the schedule is now and how people didn't get this many before and we're all surviving too. Um, and so it's, there's so much to look at. It's definitely not black and white. But what I was going to say in my, in my mini rant here is if you've ever taken part in seeing uh, this debate online, um, if you ever happen to catch one of those threads like the media thread of, oh, measles, thanks, anti-vaxxers, you know, like you see these right. kind of things. And there are lots of comments on there. And what I find is there's a very different dynamic between the two camps. So often you'll see people who are pro-vax, pro-mandate, um, and, and these people will be very aggressive, very hateful in their language, personal attacks, um, violent almost in their tone. And then you've got the other side who are, are posting links and, um, you know, studies that are showing and talking about their own child's vaccine injury. And they're doing so in a way that is very um, fact-based. It's very logical. It's very like an actual conversation where the other side is literally just attacks. And and I, I took a few screenshots because I was... Um, I don't read these things yeah, anymore. I, I guess they, I get so like uh, fired up, especially when they show up on my own Facebook feed. And I know, so, and yeah. and you know what? I have to mention this one because this you mentioned the other day. Somebody said, "Oh, if I'm listening to anti-vaxxers, basically, but a discredited doctor and a Playboy centerfold said their vaccinations are bad, so that's who I should believe, right?" So just like you were saying, <laughs> they bring up these same. Media sound bites that that come up as if that's what anybody's paying attention to. Like I never looked at any either of those um, people when we were you know discussing this issue. But um, this person says we we really do them service by calling them anti-vaxxers. It interfere. Um, well, they didn't say this right, but let's not talk about the grammar errors I've seen on this either. <laughs> um, anyway, they said we really should be labeling them pro-disease, pro-suffering and death, pro-infanticide. Okay, um, so to remove any doubt that these nutters, aka crazy people, are fighting for a cause, um, they just that that have the mindset that vaccines are scarier than the disease. So aggressive. So another one. I truly hate these people. They don't care for anyone's life. Only their cult-like beliefs. Um, it says only when they see the death start to pile up. You know, I see that a lot. Oh, just wait till your child dies. And da, da. It's like, but that's not happening. Like people are waiting for this moment that this is all going to happen and it doesn't. Um, someone mentioned, oh, you probably believe essential oils cure everything. You know, it's like all of these <laughs> stereotypes of who they think they are. Um, and, and, and some of them obviously get really personal talking about children being taken away and, or they should be taken away, you know, um, and this one, I think, takes the bait. She said, I really wonder if people like these could be tried in court for something like neglectful manslaughter. 
even though your child hasn't died. So I just, just, so you're going to go to court to defend your freedom for the possibility of the hypothetical that if you wouldn't have gotten, if you, because you didn't get that vaccine, your child caught something and happened to be, but you're supposed to go to court for that now, even though your child's still alive. Um, she said, it's knowing your child could die and not doing anything about it. And a lot of times you'll see they said, oh, well, Darwinism will, will wipe out all these people. It'll be great for society. But that's just not what happens. In the end, like you said, the recent study shows um, unvaccinated kids actually have better health, health outcomes. And I think that's because parents focus so much. Parents who choose to opt out are very um, hyper-concentrated with immune support and immune strength and healthy lifestyle and good nutrition and making sure you're doing everything that you can to keep your child strong. You actually have to think about it a lot more, in fact, because you're aware that you're what you think exposed. And then those right. who get full vaccines are could be eating, you know, crap food and having poor, nu- poor nutrition, not supplementing with anything good, constantly sick, lots of antibiotics. And, and they just assume because I got the vaccine, my kid's healthier or safer. But in the end... You know, I really believe in the strength of an of, of immune system. And what I was going to say about my rant is just there's so much hate out there when mm-hmm. it comes to this debate. And um, it's really deplorable what, what you see. And I, especially as somebody, as a mother myself, whose daughter had vaccine reactions, um, it's just, it's so wrong to be demonized and vilified when all you're trying to do is protect your child, make vaccines safer, find a way to to make it so less children are harmed and have people understand that children are being harmed and to be, to be somehow turned into some negative person who's putting everybody at risk is ridiculous. It's unfair. And I mean, it really has to stop if we're ever going to get somewhere with this debate, people need to understand that those who question the safety of vaccines, those who wonder why our schedule is so aggressive, the vaccine schedule, those who want answers on, on, um, you know, the efficacy of certain vaccines and the people who want more information are trying to help all children, not just your own. This is not a selfish choice. This is really a desire to make it better for all people involved because you don't want to see anybody hurt by this. But I'm so sick of people pretending like vaccine injuries don't happen. I mean, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what you see. It's like they just don't happen. And it's wrong. And it's a lie. It's like, it's just, it's a flat out lie. And it's so important that we can start having a conversation about this and understand we're all really on the same side and this doesn't need to be such an aggressive polarizing debate. This doesn't, you don't have to call the person who's questioning vaccines crazy because guess what? According to research, that person's probably a higher educated person. You know, that person's not illogical or uneducated. This is somebody who's putting in the data, the scientific um, research into finding out uh, what is safest and they want to do what's best for not just our own kids, but for all kids. And we're fighting for somebody to take accountability for the fact that it's not completely safe. And, and that's all we're trying to do is get that information out. And I'm speaking for myself, you know, as a, as a, as a mother, as a parent. And I just, I really want to see an end to this like hateful, hateful discourse that you see to the point where most groups, they don't allow these conversations to happen because it gets so hateful. But in the end, we're pretty much all on the same side. We're pretty much, uh, if we can just get to the point where we're looking at things rationally, we are, um, we're all, we all have the same goal in mind. And, and I really would like to see a change in the dynamic because um, it's not helping anybody. It's not getting us any further in finding solutions, which is the thing that we're looking for, solutions. And that was the end of my mini hmm. rant. Okay. Jeez. I just think there's yeah. an ethical thing yeah. here that needs to, yeah. take, to come into part. Like people should not be telling people your, ch- your children should be taken away from you because you're the mother of a child who had 
you know, a severe vaccine reaction. I mean, it's just, it's disgusting. It really yeah. is. It really is. I'm disgusted with so much of what I see to the point where I typically don't look at this stuff either. Right. I can't really stomach it. I can't tolerate the kind of, um, Ignorance. I mean, there's just a lot right. of ignorance. Uh, right. People don't understand this comes from a base of knowledge. This is not just, oh, I decided I want to be, you know, whatever. Like, you do not want to be in this fight if you don't have to be. It is not a comfortable place yeah. to be. Yeah, and I, um, my, I guess, two cents on that as you're talking about all this is what I find um, very interesting is every single story that you hear from a parent about how their child was one of those statistics where they suffered a, a severe vaccine reaction and, and no one believes it. Mm -hmm. No one ever believes it happens. Every single one of those severe reactions that, that a parent will talk about is written down in the fine print of the vaccine package inserts or the CDC vaccine information statements, or there's research articles published describing cases where that exact reaction has happened. These parents, they're, they're not making these things up. They, they, there is, mm -hmm. It's right there in the scientific research that these things do happen, and, and we know they happen. And, um, and so there is, there is real scientific validity to, to these things, to these uh, severe reactions. And, uh, and that's why, you know, I, like you said, the, when, when someone attacks these parents personally and calls them mm -hmm. everything you're, you're reading that I don't even want to repeat, it really is ignorance, in that they they are the science deniers because right. the science no, is there mm -hmm. that shows these reactions happen and and I love what you said about um, uh, we we shouldn't be hating each other we should be all on the same team because everyone I think has the the same goal in mind everyone wants their their kids and our society to be the healthiest we can possibly be and um, and that's kind of a I don't know, kind of why uh, I don't know you can. Um, Maybe start the music rolling, and uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll play more of the more of the music after this episode because I think there's a, there's a really good message in our theme song, and partly why I, why I chose it, why I like it so much is is that you and I and a lot of people in this movement we're trying to be the piece that is trying to bring education and bring people together in this debate. That's why we're having this conversation. We're we're not trying to. So many people out there on on the real fringes on both sides, mm -hmm. and there's so much hate, right? We are just trying we, to divide. We, right, it's trying all to about divide. divide. Yeah, divide the parents instead um, of understanding we're really under the same umbrella right. as everyone else, mm -hmm. and it should be all parents against pharmaceutical companies and corporations who are lying to us, not parents against parents. Right. And I blame the media for this. I really do. I I think the media is responsible. Well, based on whoever's you know, funding them, um, is responsible for this message. Right. They've, they've purposely created a climate where parents hate parents. And you, as soon as you question something, you're one of those. And now we're separated and it's discrimination. And you've got this like terrible separation of, of people that is, is not acceptable anywhere else. It's like, right. that's not acceptable in today's right. age to do that with anybody else, but somehow right. it's okay in this situation. And it's not okay. It's not okay. And people should journalists, um, Doctors, people have an ethical responsibility to acknowledge people, acknowledge their concerns, acknowledge the validity of what's going on so that we can all work together to find a solution. Because as it stands now, all we're doing is fighting each other and we're not getting anywhere. And as we continue to not get anywhere, this debate is never going to get better and we're never going to find solutions. And more children are getting injured as we sit there and, you know, 
our feet are stuck in mud because there's nowhere to go with this because it's so polarizing. Right. And, and, and for me, even more concerning is the government is now taking action to make these more mandatory yeah. for everybody. And Americans often are just sitting back and, and letting it happen. Well, people are so, losing their right. rights. They're losing the We need, we need the to work together on this and, and stand up for, for health freedom, health decisions, and, and so that the public, Americans, America, not the government, not pharma, not the media, but America – stands up for its own health. And there are people behind each one of these stories. That's what I want. Mm-hmm. Those yeah. those who really believe in mandates and think that um, those who opt out are, are crazy, I want them to understand, if they happen to be listening to this, is that there are people, real people, real stories, real families, real children who have been negatively affected by this stuff, and it has changed the course of their lives. And there are families that are suffering right now, and they are suffering in isolation because they are discriminated against when they have done nothing wrong, but they've been victimized by the exact same program that people who support mandates are are lauding and praising and there is a face to each one of these people it's a real story and is and you don't really get it until it happens to you or somebody that you love and um I wish we didn't have to be like that. I wish that people could have a little more compassion, a little more empathy, and that we could see each other differently. And there wouldn't be these labels put on. We're just all trying to find the safest possible things and and the healthiest outcomes for our kids. The thing that really bothers me about this is because, because subconsciously there are these stereotypes about those who question, there are so many parents who do not raise their voice to question for fear of how they're going to be received, fear of being judged, fear of being looked at, cast away, cast aside, labeled as something like this, crazy, uneducated. So they don't add to the choir of voices because they're afraid to, but they have the same feelings. They have the same concerns and yet they stay quiet. And I feel like that's happening with a lot of doctors too. I feel like a lot of doctors agree with what's happening in the pro-informed consent movement and are afraid to say anything for fear of being vilified or instantly cast into the anti-vaccine crowd. And so what happens is more people stay quiet. And, and so it makes it seem like less people believe in this, but I don't think that's true. And I think it's so important that people can feel comfortable to raise questions. And so the fact that people are not comfortable to even question something says a lot about where we are at right now with this debate. All right. Okay. Uh, Light I'll, a candle. Yes. <laughs> because thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. Go and, use um, your essential oils now. <laughs> no, I appreciate your your perspectives, Melissa. And thank you for bringing this topic to the vaccine conversation. And I don't know what we'll do next, but uh, you will. I will make you wait until the next episode <laughs> to find out what it is. <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining. Take care. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as medical advice. Always consult your healthcare professional for information on vaccines and infectious diseases.